Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to introduce our interview today. It's Elena Jackson, and she's the founder of the School of Fabulous. First of all, let's just go ahead and call out her business name because who wouldn't want to say that when they introduce themselves to people? It's no surprise that's how Elena named her business. She calls herself a first impression strategist. She helps professionals and entrepreneurs become powerful, authentic, and confident through style so they can maximize their success. Through Yelena's own personal journey and style transformation, she learned just how much of an impact your image and style can make on your success in business and in life. So now she teaches ambitious men and women how to harness the power of conscious dressing to achieve their goals. First impressions can make or break your success. Learn how to leverage the art and science of style to make sure the first impressions you create are positive, fabulous, and lasting. On to our interview with Yelena. We have Yelena here today, and she is the success behind the School of Fabulous. And she and I just spent a few minutes talking already, and I'm already really excited about what we're going to cover here. So, Yelena, why don't you tell me about the beginning of your business and how you got it started, and um, we'll move from there. Thanks, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. I'm, I'm really excited about this. I love what I do so much. It started off for me as, as a personal journey. When I came to the United States as a young preteen, I kind of had a, a harsh dose of reality in how first impressions and appearance really impact life. My, you know, we came here, I, my family did not have a lot of money and I didn't dress well. And I went to this private school where I was really made fun of uh, because of the things that I wore and the way that I looked. It really did a number on my self-confidence. So as I started to turn that around and, and study why that was happening, I started to discover the psychology behind all this stuff. And that's why I became so fascinated with how style and image and impressions matter in our lives. So I started to study it and I, I got really into the science of image, which is fascinating because there's all kinds of stuff that we normally don't think about, like the psychology of color or the, the, the proportions that matter to us visually. So as I started my business, I started to really think about, you know, what did I want to achieve? Why am I doing this? And the reason for me is so that other people don't struggle the way that I did. And that is the reason behind the name for my business as well. The School of Fabulous is because I want to teach what I know. I want to share what I know. And I want to arm people with the tools to be able to feel great about themselves, to look good, to feel great, to embrace themselves, and to know that they they can do it too. If I could do it, they can do it. It's only about education and knowing what to do. So one of the things that I struggled with when I first started my business was the appearance of vanity. You know, here I am providing personal branding portraits, and I include hair and makeup for my clients. It's definitely you on your best day, but it's a little outside of your norm. And 
you know, I know some of my clients struggle with this as well. You know, will I appear vain? Am I putting a pretty portrait of myself on my website? I know that you've kind of thought through these issues as well. What's your take on that? It's exactly what I went through in the beginning too. You know, I, I really, I was so afraid, you know, I'm, I'm intelligent and educated and I want to be taken seriously. And I really was afraid that people would think that it's, you know, superficial or vain that I'm, that I'm doing this. But what I came to realize is that this is not about vanity at all. This is about how we feel about ourselves. And if we are not happy, if, if we feel like the best version of us is not being represented on the outside, and we feel a disconnect between who we are on the inside and how people see us, that plays into our confidence. And our confidence, in turn, affects everything that we do. And so we cannot be successful if we don't feel good about ourselves, if we don't feel confident in our own abilities. So once I saw that connection, it it became a lot easier to view this work as so much deeper than than what I was afraid people would see it as. It, it really is a lot about psychology and confidence. It's interesting that you mentioned confidence and self-esteem. And, you know, those are, you know, touchy subjects for a lot of people. I liken it to a story from my past. When I was in another business, I worked from home and I met clients in my home. There was a time period when we had to kill the front lawn. And uh, there were various reasons for it. But we had the only way to kill it, it was crabgrass, was to chemical douse it, cover it with a tarp for a few weeks, and then let the dirt sit before we replanted with sod. So it was a pretty lengthy time period. And I'm going to tell you, I couldn't book a single person while that entire thing happened. And I think looking back on it, and I was pretty young at the time, so my, my confidence level was not amazing to begin with. But I think looking back on it, you know, I was so apologetic that people were coming to my ugly front yard house. And I would say that. And I think it just really set a bad tone for the rest of the meeting. And Almost like my lawn was the clothing I wear, the outward appearance, and here I was apologizing for it, and people didn't trust me as a result. Yes. Again, it plays into that psychology, right? So it's the same thing with, you know, if we have a messy house, and you and I both have young children, so if if we're scheduling a play date... And they're supposed to bring the the other kid to our house, right? We, We want to make sure our house looks okay, right? Because... We don't want the parent to bring their child into a total mess because they're not going to trust us with their child. So it's all about that first impression that happens where you enable them to trust you. And that is really key to establishing credibility. And then everything follows from there. There's a there's a really fascinating study by uh, Amy Cuddy, who is a Harvard social psychologist. She, she's done a lot of stuff on, on body language and confidence presence. But there was a study done where they discovered that people judge us on two criteria. Can I trust this person and can I respect this person? And so the trust factor is called the you know warmth, warmth like ability. And the respect talks to competence. And in our society, we focus a lot of the time on the competence, right? On our strengths, on our talents. And we forget that trust is actually the more important factor based on our evolutionary design. It was more important back in the day to figure out if somebody was going to kill you than if they know how to build a fire. You can learn the second thing, but if you don't trust the person, then you're never going to get to that second stage. So focusing on trust is really key. So the know, like, and trust factor is primary importance when building a business or doing anything. Because that's the first step. That's what needs to happen before anything else can. 
So when you talk about first impression strategy, you call yourself a first impression strategist sometimes. That's kind of what you're talking about is strategizing the trust over the competence. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's it's really, you know, if we talk about brand for a second, what what is a brand? You know, if we talk about Apple or Volvo or something like that, you know, we can we can talk about the qualities of that brand and of course, you know, you talk about this all the time and that is that we are walking, talking brands, each of us. So the definition of a brand is a feature that identifies one product as distinct from another. So when we're talking about building a personal brand, we're talking about how do I differentiate myself and make myself visible to other people in a way that they connect with, they immediately know who I am, and that builds the likability and the trust factor. So what I help my clients with, and the very first thing that I do with them, that I talk with them about, is how do they want to be perceived? What is the first impression that they want to create? And, you know, I call this uh, dressing or appearing by default or design. A lot of people don't think about it or don't want to think about it and just say, you know, well, my, my work should speak for itself. So, I'll, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. Well, in in reality, first impressions matter, and it's better to focus them by designing your first impressions. There's three factors that that play into this. The first one is first impressions are formed in seven seconds. I mean, there is studies that say it's even less than that, but it's it's seconds. So that's not a long time at all. And what happens is that only 7% of our communication is verbal. 93% of our communication is nonverbal. So that includes our, you know, the visual cues, like our image, uh, our vocal qualities, our gestures, our facial, facial expressions, body language, things like that. So all of that falls into the 93% that's nonverbal. And so when we meet somebody for the first time, within seven seconds, it's not likely that you've had a chance to speak with them. So your first impression is mostly visual within that first couple seconds window, you want to make the best first impression that you can because that is going to create a lasting impression. And Daniel Kahneman uh, talks about something called the halo effect, which is a tendency to like or dislike everything about a person based on one trait or experience with them. So if we make a good first impression, then confirmation bias sets in. And every time we talk to that person later on, we're confirming our own belief they're awesome. And if it's a negative first impression, then we do the same thing. And so it's really hard to change the first impression once it's formed. In order for us to form a positive first impression, we have to think about what that would be, right? What do we want to create for that person? What kind of experience with us do we want to create? And that's where personal branding and personal photo shoots and everything that you and I both do comes in because it's consciously thinking about what is that experience that I want to create for the person that encounters me for the first time. Yeah, that's interesting. So I've never heard of the halo effect. I find it very accurate just based on what you said right now. So when you're talking about that, you know, is that kind of like saying, okay, I walk into a room and I'm wearing whatever shoes and clothing and purse and all of that, and someone sees the label on my purse, they don't like that label, will they hold that against me? Is that what you're saying? Or is it more the overall first impression? That absolutely can play a part into it. He also talks about with the halo effect, it's it's more, it's emotional, right? So 
um, emotional impressions can be just that simple. Not not always, but they can be. And of course, you know, you can't help that if they don't like a certain brand, you know, that's that's not something you can control. But if you are walking into a room full of people that are potential collaborators or partners and you know, you're wearing something that's not ironed or, you know, your shoes are scuffed or you're wearing sneakers and everybody else is dressed up. There's a certain impression that you're going to make and they won't be able to help themselves, but to assess like, okay, why, what does this mean? So forming like a positive association right away is, is a good thing. And that's what we want to create. And the sequence of what we observe also matters. His study, Daniel's study goes further into how that works, but the order of the thoughts that we have about a person that we get then later on affects how how we view them. So the example that they had was, you know, if if you think the potential interviewee is intelligent and then you think they're stubborn, then when you're interviewing them, the intelligence factor will pop up more and you will rate them more favorably. But if you think that first they're stubborn, but they're also intelligent, then everything that you answer later on will be viewed in that light that you're a stubborn person. So it's like more more of a negative, even though it's the same qualities, the order of them sets precedence for the rest of your conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. We all view the world from a different lens. And you're saying that your first impression of someone will even further define that lens when interacting with that person. Yeah. So making that first impression favorable is really key because of the long lasting effects that it has. So that's really interesting. So what are the first steps that you recommend when kind of assessing your first impression? So the first thing is to think about what it is that you want, right? So if I were to ask you, you know, how do you want your clients to view you, like to see you? What are the words that come to your mind for that? For me, I want them to see me as warm and welcoming because I'm asking them to do something pretty vulnerable usually. And I also want them to see me as creative and smart about how I handle things. Exactly. Perfect. And that is going to be different for every person based on their personality, based on what they're doing, based on the kind of business they're in, right? So those words are really important. So we start there and then we build, you know, for me, it's we build their wardrobe for you. It's you build, you build their, their scene and their photography, right, through that lens. But it's really important to understand what those words are and to also understand that it's a combination of those words. So you can't just, you know, dress warm and friendly without thinking about the other words, right? Or you can't just dress, you know, competent and strong without adding elements of warm and friendly into it, because that's not going to be your true authentic brand. Right. So that's the first step is to really, really consciously think about what it is that what kind of impression do we want to create? And, you know, a lot of times, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want to be somebody else. I, and that is exactly what I'm not asking. I am asking you to tell me, who are you? And let's bring that out. I really like that. So specifically, you know, who are you? And let's bring that out. Because, for example, I'll give you one of my own situations. So when I'm actually photographing someone, and, you know, obviously I'm not doing that every day. But when I'm actually photographing someone, I want to look stylish and creative because, well, you know, that's me. 
But I also need to be comfortable. I often roll around on the ground trying to get into the perfect angle to photograph someone. Or if we're out and about, I might have to climb into a tree. I mean, there's so many things I could end up doing. And, you know, the kind of clothing that I would wear at, you know, a conference or a networking event, it's just not appropriate for me to be photographing it. I would ruin it, first of all. But it also, you know, it can be constricting. I'm always trying to balance comfortability and, you know, movability, I should say, in the same way that maybe someone, you know, running a preschool would have to do. You know, they're they're down and dirty with the, the four-year-olds running around, but they also have to look nice to the parents. And I think for a lot of us, that's where the, the disconnect might come. That's probably why maybe you hear sometimes, but I just want to be me. I don't want to be someone else. And I feel like that sometimes, even in my own life, which style of dressing is really me. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because I hear that comment all the time, but I just want to be comfortable. And my response to that is you absolutely can be comfortable and stylish at the same time. It just takes a little bit of forethought and understanding what it is what is what comfort is to you. So, for example, for me, I have the same thing as you with that or like when I'm actually working, when I'm shopping with a client, I have to dress a little bit differently than when I do at a networking event. I am a heel girl. I am always wearing heels. But when I'm shopping for a full day at the mall with with my clients, of course, I'm not going to sport, you know, four inch heels. (laughs) Right. So I I have to think about, you know, what, what is going to be comfortable for me? I have to have my hands free, for example, right? I have to wear flat shoes. So I think of all those things, but I still have to feel like I'm me. I have to still represent myself and my brand so that my client feels comfortable in knowing that even in flats, I'm delivering the same result that they hired me in heels in. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So you absolutely can be comfortable and and still maintain your brand. And I know you, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit before dressing when you're working from home, right? How to do that and how that affects us. In this environment now, moving into telework a lot, I, I'm, I live in the DC area. So everybody here is starting to telework. And of course, entrepreneurs are working from home. So there's a tendency to dress down, to just, you know, stay in pajamas or sweats all day. And it's like, who cares? Nobody's seeing me. But again, that goes back to the psychology and the confidence factor. If you're feeling sort of meh about yourself, that is going to seep into your entire day. So putting something on that is not, you know, you don't have to like, put a dress and heels on, but putting something on that makes you still feel cute and like yourself, really effective for your success during the workday. And you are prepared, say, you know, somebody wants to call you on Skype and show you something that you're prepared to turn that camera on, you know, and not feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't wash my hair. I'm wearing a stained shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't want anybody to see me. That's like, you know, that's like your, your lawn being not pretty. Right. So it just it just goes to back to that. So my recommendation always is to change your clothes in the morning as if you are going into work or going in to meet clients because you are you you are doing something different than just hanging out, you know, watching TV. So it doesn't have to be fancy, but, you know, a nice pair of leggings with a with a sexy tank top. If that makes you feel good about yourself, then that's great but it still is not pajamas. It still puts you in a different frame of mind. And it's it's all about the frame of mind. That's all it comes back to. You know, and the reason I brought that up with you, working from home in PJ's thing, is because I read an article maybe a month ago, maybe two, I don't remember, 
It was talking about, you know, people who have recently left the corporate world and are now working from home or now they're, they're new entrepreneurs and they have this idea that you can work from home in your PJs all the time. And I laughed when I read that and I was like, oh, my God, they're idiots. I can never do good work in my pajamas. And for me, it's just a mindset issue because I've only ever been self-employed since I was 20. And, you know, it it puts me in a kind of lazy, unproductive state of mind if I don't get out of my PJs in the morning. But this article actually said, you know, if you really want to work in your PJs, change out of the ones you wore to bed and just put different ones on. Yeah. (laughs) And I just laughed so hard. I was like, that doesn't fix it. Like, why? You know, it does bear in mind. You know, I am wearing leggings and a tank top. I also have a sweater over the tank top because it's a little chilly here. I do definitely dress down when I'm working from home, but I make sure that it's clothing I would be willing to wear out. You know, if I can't go pick up my kid from preschool or go to the grocery store in this, then it's not appropriate for me to be working in either. Exactly. I I 100% agree. I think, yeah, you're right. It goes back to mindset. It's how you're feeling, how you're setting yourself up for the day. You know, to be productive, you want to be in that mindset. And PJs are just not conducive to that. Yeah, they're just not. They're just not. It also bears mentioning that, you know, I do a lot of my work via, you know, their Skype or phone as well. And even if it's you know, not video Skype, you know, if I'm wearing clothing that I wouldn't want my client to see, you know, even if I'm just talking with them on the phone, how much does that come through? Do you think people can tell when you're not comfortable in what you're wearing? Yes, because a lot of our own stuff happening inside, right? If we're not feeling comfortable in ourselves, it shows through in all that, all those nonverbals. It shows through in our voice. It shows through in our posture, how we're sitting. So if I feel sort of yucky and not confident, I will be sitting, you know, hunched over, closed, closed off, and that will come through in my voice. So how do you turn that around on those off days? Even if you have gotten dressed, you've done your hair, if where you've done your makeup, even on those days when you're just kind of, you know, you're just not feeling it. How do you turn yourself around so that you can get back into that good groove, that good mojo and have the energy that clients will like? Good question. It goes back to mindset again, right? So and, and knowing yourself, right? The con- that conscious design, knowing for yourself, what, what are those things that always make you feel better? For me, for example, it's lipstick. It's always lipstick. If I'm just feeling sort of blah in the morning and I'm going along and I'm just like, uh, if I put lipstick on, it just makes me feel just a little bit elevated. I don't know why, but it does. And that might be different for somebody else, but that's what it is for me. So it just makes me feel like put together, like polished, you know, even if the rest of me is not completely put together, but that makes me feel put together. But it could be doing something that just elevates you, like dancing or something like that. But the other thing is body language again. And I, I'm, I'm going to go back to Amy Cuddy, the body language of confidence. So if you're feeling sort of iffy and you have a client call, you know, you're trying to book a client or have some important meeting, you actually can change your body language to increase your confidence. What it does is actually, you know, if you if you stand in something that she calls a power pose, it actually boosts your energy, 
it boosts your self-esteem. So you can stand, you know, with your, you spread your shoulders out, puff your chest out a little bit, you know, spread your legs out, take up more room, taking up more room increases your self-confidence. When people feel not confident, they tend to close in, right? They hunch their shoulders, they, they close their arms and their legs. In order to feel better and to have more confidence, you need to expand. So doing that can significantly boost you as well. You know, it's interesting. So slightly off topic. I've not read the study, but now, of course, I'm going to have to go look at her talk because it sounds really interesting. I was just putting together some content for something that I'm doing and, you know, following the, the typical formula of, you know, webinar titling and things like that. And I, I wanted to use a particular word. And I was like, no, because in my head, that word associates with bad posture and like hunching and, you know, all the all the the closing in, you know, posturing that you were just talking about. You know, it, it, it bears in mind that, you know, when you want to be a different person, just start being that person. For you, it's putting lipstick on, you know, and here you were, you know, mentioning, you know, taking up more space, spreading your shoulders. And I'm standing as we record this. And I found myself actually doing it, of course. Sometimes it really just is saying, you know, I'm not going to be dragged down right now. I'm going to be the person who's wearing lipstick. And that's good. I love that. Yes. Mindset. Always mindset, right? It always comes back to that. <laughs> always mindset. It, it always comes back to that. And that's why this work is so important and so powerful because it, it's not about superficial vanity. It's not in, you know, I, I always say this, I am an image consultant, but I'm not a fashion person. So I'm actually not somebody who is on top of every trend and every, you know, runway and every label. And I, that's not, that's not what I do. It's great that there are people who do, but that is not my reason for doing what I do. My reason is to make every person feel beautiful. So for me, it goes back to really understanding that person and having them understand who they are and owning who they are and feeling beautiful in their own skin. So my, the entire process of my work with my clients is kind of self-discovery and really finding the beauty within and bringing that to the outside. So it's really a deep psychological process where, you know, a client comes to me feeling, you know, insecurities and low self-confidence and feeling like, you know, they're not pretty or they're not sexy or, you know, they could never be, they could never look amazing because they're too short, too thin, too whatever. And I help to see their own beauty by by breaking things down almost scientifically first, you know, to show them, okay, so these are your proportions and this is how you can maximize your individual proportions to really flatter them. And combined with your style personality and your lifestyle needs and your best colors that you should wear, we create a signature look that makes them feel so good in themselves that they stop comparing themselves to the runway models or the fashion magazines. That is what it's about for me. So it, again, goes back to confidence and mindset, how they feel about themselves. What are the results that you see? And specifically, I'd love to hear about a story that really just, you know, warmed you inside where you finished work with this person and you were like, yes, this is what it's all about. Each transformation is just beautiful to me because it is so deep. It's so deep. So, you know, I had I had a client who came to me. She had found me online because she was feeling so she had been married about 20 years and she was feeling like, 
yeah, you know, her husband wasn't seeing her the same way. And she just wasn't, she, you know, she was a successful woman, but, you know, for work, she just kind of, she, it's here in DC. So she dressed very conservatively, just suit. And then she would come home and that that's all she had. And then she just would change into, you know, sweatpants. And she just felt like she did not have a style that her husband found attractive anymore. And that's what she came to me with. And so we, we you know, we, we, we did the Hude assessment and we did, you know, all the sciencey things. And then we went shopping. And this is my favorite part is the transformation that happens in the dressing room. I have this one particular thing that I always look for. And it always happens in the dressing room when the woman, and I primarily work with women, women do this, you know, they do the little twirl in the mirror and you see that little twinkle and smile on their face show up. That's when I know that the transformation has occurred. Because all of a sudden they're looking in the mirror they're like, oh, wow, that's me. <laughs> that's the me I've always wanted to see. So, so that, that is what I look for. And then I know that now they see it. And after that transformation, they are no longer willing to settle for, oh, this is okay, it'll do. Like they never want to wear something that will do anymore after that. You know, so, so we, we, we got all this amazing stuff for her and she felt really good. And she went home and she started sending me pictures like, oh, we had a date night. And so things were going really well. But then she emailed me and she said, you know, funniest thing. I started changing how I'm dressing to work, too, based on everything that we learned and, and how I feel about myself, because I'm feeling so much sexier and more confident these days. And I started dressing a little differently for work. And everybody's starting to comment. They're like, you know, you're so much more confident. Like, what happened? Um, you, you look different. Like, it just the, the whole energy of the person changes. And that really warmed my heart when she emailed me that because, you know, she came to me with one problem that she thought was one problem, but it actually ended up affecting her entire life everywhere she went. The problem was that she was not seeing herself as that person she wanted to be. And as soon as she did, that went into everything else, how she was at work, with her kids, with her husband, everywhere. It's just super powerful. It, it, <laughs> I get chills every time, you know, I think about transformations like that. Yeah, I got a little chill when you started saying that, too, especially about the work thing. It's interesting, you know, it's never the problem they think it is that they come to you with. There's always something else. And in her case, you know, if people are commenting on how much more confident she seemed after her transformation, you got to wonder what they were thinking about her before. You know, was that affecting her job performance or was it affecting her ability to be promoted? Exactly. Oh, that's fun. I love it. <laughs> I know that you've offered my listeners here a pretty fabulous mm -hmm. gift. Fabulous. You like how I use that? Uh -huh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So it's a free gift that I created based on all of the stuff that I've seen come up over and over with my clients. I, I'm a big nerd. So I do a lot of research and I love to have information. So based on all of the kind of common things that I've seen with my clients and, you know, through researching with my industry, I came up with the three biggest, most common style mistakes that I see. And so um, I outlined them and provided suggestions on how to avoid them and how to put your best foot forward. So it's a free style report. It's called the three biggest style mistakes and how to avoid them. And yeah, I'd love to offer that to people so, you know, they can they can take a look and get a little bit more tips from me and get an insight into my work. All right. So you can find that at theschooloffabulous.com forward slash three 
biggest style mistakes, and that three is the number three. And we'll also have the link in the show notes for that as well. So this was really a fun conversation. It was just a joy to hear. And I love that we closed on the story of your of your client and her transformation, because if nothing else, that proves the necessity of feeling like yourself in what you present outside to the world. Thank you so much for coming. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about your work soon. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Today's show was sponsored by the Ignite Your Brand Quick Fire Challenge. It's a free seven-day email course designed to take you through a branding foundations and brand up-leveling process. You'll learn how to speak to your ideal client, how to show up for them, and how to put out content that will attract the best client for you into your business. You can sign up at brittanygardner.com forward slash quickfire. It's all bite-sized chunks and daily tasks you can do yourself to move your brand right on up to that next level. Thanks for listening to the No Like and Trust Show with Brittany Gardner. For notes on today's show, visit brittanygardner.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. To learn more about building your personal brand for your business, visit brittanygardner.com. Mm-hmm.